Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by the Digital Marketing Institute. This episode is a big Q&A, where we explore an area of marketing through a leading industry expert. I'm your host, Will Francis, and today I'll be talking to Brendan Ormack, all about the future of paid search engine advertising. Brendan is the Managing Director of Wolfgang Digital. Wolfgang is Ireland's largest independent performance marketing agency, specialising in search, social and email marketing. With 60 digital marketing nerds, Wolfgang are laser-focused on helping e-commerce and lead generation brands grow online. And in their spare time, they're contributing to saving the planet via their social enterprise, Wolfgang Reforest. Brendan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a million, Will. Delighted to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. This is something that I'm really interested to hear about because we know that paid search is going to undergo some big changes and possibly occupy a slightly different place in the marketing mix. Just let's start with a bit of an overview of that. Give me the high-level overview of what kind of changes are coming, and then we'll go into the details. Okay, so I think there's there's a couple of things that are fundamentally going to shape what paid search looks like in the future. Um, so I'll give you the top level, as you've asked for. The first one is to do with where paid search is within the marketing funnel. So that's going to change. Um, the second one is related to automation and the push around automation, automating routine tasks. Um, and the last one is to do with the fact that things are going to get more expensive for some people. So cost per clicks or CPCs, as people might know them, are going to continue to increase in our view. So those three big fundamental changes are really going to shape what paid search looks like over the next few years. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That does sound quite like significant change. Um and just uh, before we go into those in detail, where are we at? What what big changes have there been recently? One of the biggest things that's happened over the last couple of years is around how automated paid search has become or how Google have now applied their machine learning to allow us to get better results. Um, so Google have a, a bidding structure, which is called smart bidding, which effectively allows people to to bid based on an outcome. So you could say to Google, actually, you know, I want to generate this kind of return for this investment. And Google's job then is to use their machine learning, which they've been building and cultivating for years through all the signals that Google have access to, and to use that machine learning to identify users that look like they're going to buy something on your website or convert at the rates that allows you to get that kind of return. That's probably been the biggest fundamental shift in paid search over the last few years. Okay, so Google trying to get smarter about who it shows which ads to. I always wonder this when we because we talk about this same with social ads. You know, the algorithm finding people who best match your uh, goal, and like you say, you tell the uh, the first thing you're asked when you place a campaign, pretty much anywhere online now, is what's your goal? Is it awareness, clicks, conversions, that sort of thing? So if you I'm so, so many people will select conversions. Is it just finding the sort of the, the most gullible people, the, the people who just buy the most stuff after clicking ads? Or is it more nuanced than that, do we think? I don't know if buying something online is gullible. I think that's, I think that's okay. No, that's true. <laughs> so I think like what Google are looking for are, if we take an example, let's say take a simple example of car insurance, right? So Google are looking for people who look like they're in the market for car insurance because car insurance is something that unfortunately you have to buy every year. Um, so as an advertiser, it's, it's a funny one because there's only so many people 
in the market to buy that car insurance in that particular year. Um, so what Google will be really good at doing is identifying whether, say, Will is now in the market at this time or it looks like he's in the market to buy car insurance. And the way they do that is they've got so many signals or so many data points that they can they can call from, whether it's what you searched on Google, um, whether it's something on Gmail, uh, maybe even websites that you visited. So they're able to pull all that data, data together at the moment anyway, and then understands that this is someone using the market for car insurance. Um, so now we can afford to maybe, or the advertiser can afford to bid a little bit more for this user because actually as Google, we're quite confident this person has a high propensity to convert. I see. That that does explain it nicely. Thanks. Yeah, no, that's, you're right. Um, okay, well, let's let's get down to the details of these three big changes. The first one you talked about that you think search is moving up the funnel. Yeah. Yeah. So when I talk about the funnel, just so your listeners understand, I'm talking about that, that traditional marketing funnel. So, you know, awareness, interest, action, loyalty. Um, so we'll still talk about that fun- funnel in, in digital marketing. And the position that paid search typically held within that marketing funnel was at the bottom. You know, it was kind of the last mile, you know, it was when people had already done a lot of their research um, and now they're ready to put their hand in their pocket. They're ready to take out their credit card and they're ready to buy something. Um, so, And that makes things hard, doesn't it, when you're running campaigns because you'll be running social campaigns and uh, display video and all this stuff. And then it looks in the data as if, oh, wow, search ads are actually doing all the work. Maybe we should switch everything else off because um, all the conversions are coming from search. But actually, that's not really what happens, is it? It's it's uh, all the assistive stuff around it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what you'll typically find is you could have other digital channels that are that, that people are using to do their research and they're they're encouraging a user to carry out a search on Google. Unfortunately for for those other channels, in a lot of cases, Google will get the credit for, for the conversion. Um, but most digital marketers have an understanding of that and they're able to do some attribution in understanding the the value that the other um that the other channels actually played. Um, but what's happening now though is paid search is kind of it's it's moving up the fun a little bit so it's no longer just the the last mile um i remember having a look on there's a great tool that i'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with called google trends um i use it all the time and it's fantastic because you can literally put any search term in there and you'll get a sense of how searches for that term has varied over the last um five years globally and you can look by country but if you have a look and you literally put in the the words cheap and best into google you'll see there's a switch at some point you know over the last five years where people have gone from using google to find the cheapest um to finding the best so maybe related to your last point they've gone from being gullible to savvy shoppers um, so google used to be about finding those you know the cheapest thing um, and now it's it's more about finding the best so for me that's a that's a signal that the role that Google search now plays within that purchase process isn't just about that conversion, isn't just about that last that last mile. Um, it now plays a role in that research. And think about it yourself. Like think about any product you've bought, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, before you go and buy it, like one of the first things you're probably doing is doing a search for it, whether you're looking for reviews or you're looking for demos or you're on YouTube, you know, searching for it that way. Um, so it does look like Google has is gradually moving its way up the funnel. Okay. And do you think that search ads can, can drive awareness? Is that ever an effective use of search ads? So I like... 
I don't, I don't, the ad itself may not be able to drive awareness, but if you can, if you can capture traffic to a website that does a good job at either reviewing the product or giving the, the user the information that they need, I think there's a huge value in that. Um, I suppose one way to think about it is where, like, where do you want your brand to show? You know, do you want your brand to show on a different channel when somebody isn't, when somebody isn't necessarily in the market or do you want to show them some content aligns to, to the, the stage of the funnel that they're in? Um, so again, when a lot of cases, if you're, if you're basing the performance of your paid search on say a, a conversion KPI, um, that might then limit you in what you're, what you want to bid on or keywords that you want to, you want to be visible for. Um, and let's say we take the example of if you're selling mobile phones, for example, you mightn't feel like you're going to generate many conversions from, let's say, um, an iPhone review or a mobile phone review, but it's a really important part of the research process. So if you're willing to accept you don't, you mightn't capture a conversion within that click. Um, it's still a, a valuable part of that journey for your brand to be visible in. I get you. Yeah, it's not all about pointing to a purchase page. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, because you're probably undervaluing the job it's doing then. And I think that the question that, that digital marketers or paid search marketers maybe need to ask themselves is around that KPI. You know, are we, are we comfortable um, determining the value of paid search purely based on the, on the end conversion? And that might be the case for, you know, 80% of your budget in paid search, but there might be an element of your budget within paid search that you say, actually, this is really valuable in the long term. You know, this, these keywords we're bidding on are, are really relevant to our brand. This user isn't going to convert, you know, in the next three weeks, maybe not in the, even in the next three months, but we know this is a valuable space for our brand to be visible in and command some space in. So let's not peg that on conversion. Let's have another KPI assigned to that portion of the budget. So I think that might be the evolution of how people start to look at paid search is maybe looking at, uh, at expanding the KPI set for some of their paid search activity. Because you talk about this idea of share of search. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> one of the questions that's worth considering is like, can search become less of a, a direct response channel and kind of become more kind of brand awareness? Um, and a good signal for me that that's kind of the way things might be going or it's already happening was, I think it was, I think it was last year, um, some of your listeners might be familiar with Byron Sharp, who wrote that book. It's a great book called How Brands Grow. I'm definitely worth checking out, but um, he's very much into like big brands marketing. Um, and he um, started talking last year about share of search, which was like how much... Um, how much of the share of search does your brand command? And for me, that was just a signal that if that's the way people are measuring the impact, um, maybe paid search is already becoming a, a branding channel or maybe it's already starting to, to move up the funnel. Okay, cool. Well, that's that's the first big change. Just one more question about that, and I'll ask you this of the other ones as well. So with that in mind, what are the actual practical things that our listeners should be doing or thinking about doing in light of that? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. So I think one of the first things to do is just understand search intent and maybe get an understanding of before a user comes to your website to actually buy something, what are the questions that they're asking? Um, once you understand that, then you can start to make some decisions around, well, is it worth assigning some budget for us to be visible for these searches? Long-term, might these users come back to our website to convert? So I think understanding search intent and then trying to 
trying to understand whether it's worth assigning some budget to, to be visible for some of those intent keywords is probably the, the best action you can take. And so that could be pointing to, like you say, informational content. So rather than just pointing to buy the phones you're selling is point to reviews of phones, comparisons, that kind of along the journey content um, so that we can start to kind of nurture people uh, along the way and hopefully be their choice when they do get to the end of that journey. Exactly. exactly. Let me give you an example to make it <clears throat> a little bit more tangible. So we work with a um, a DIY retailer. Um, so like obviously they're bidding on all the products they stock, but an exercise that they've started working on is to understand what, what kind of questions are our customers asking that are related to our products and related to DIY. So instead of just bidding on the products they have, they're now looking at, well, you know, our just, just as winter starts to, to, to occur, they notice that there's a lot more people are trying to work out how to bleed their radiators because everyone has the same problem where the heating goes on and the radiator doesn't heat up. So although that person isn't going to come to their website and then buy something, they see a role for being visible for those kind of searches. Um, and it might not be on Google search. It might be within YouTube with some great content around how to do it. Um, but the, the, the win for them is if they're the ones to help their potential customers solve a big problem, when it comes time to buy something, you know, or to do something about it, um, well, they're going to be top of mind for that particular customer. It's funny because I, you know, I, I teach about this stuff. I, I lecture about subjects like SEO and, and PPC. And I've made the point to people that, well, you, you wouldn't buy ads against these informational search terms because they're so unlikely to convert on the day that you'll, you won't make your money back. But now hearing what you're saying, I'm thinking, well, in most industries, for a start, those informational keywords, so uh, with DIY products, it's less going to be kind of like buy a hammer and more how to bleed a radiator. And how to bleed a radiator is going to be a lot less competitive because that's not being bidded for by every other competitor in the way that product-related searches are. Is that what you're finding, that it's actually, you can get quite cheap clicks for those 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. Yeah, they're not as competitive. Um, it involves a little bit more thought from the brand and thinking about well, what kind of content are we going to serve? Because you're right, we can't just show them a picture of a, a landing page of a hammer. You know, we need to maybe produce our own content that helps them understand how they go about building a garden shed or or whatever it is you're, you're trying to appear for. And um, so there's a little bit more more thought required. But uh, I think you're right. I think uh, like it, it is difficult because you're not necessarily saying this click is going to generate 3x in terms of revenue. So, but there needs to be some value for the brand. And I, like, I'd argue that it can't just be, oh, we got great traffic. So there needs to be something else. So a, a way to think about it is, well, maybe we could encourage them to sign up for our newsletter. And then we've just entered a whole new world of value because we're now building our first party data. Yeah, we have a downloadable plan for building your own shed and it's a piece by piece like basically instruction manual and to download it, you give us your email address and that's worth paying 50 cent, a dollar or a euro a click for because we know that we can, you know, that that email address is going to be worth a lot of money because we know exactly what that person intends on doing, i.e. building a shed so we can offer them those products in a very personalized way. 
Yeah, exactly. 100%. And you can see how now if you're, if you're a paid search marketer and you're thinking about your strategy, you're like, okay, well, I've got my performance budget over here and that's based on getting, say, a, a return on ad spend of 5x. And now I've got my, my upper funnel budget over here and my KPI is getting newsletter signups. You know, and that's what I'm going to try and do. And there's great value added ac- across all of our other channels if I can build our, our, our first party data like that or build newsletter signups like that. That's interesting. That, that is very interesting. Hello, a quick reminder from me that if you're enjoying our podcast series, why not become a member of the DMI so that you can enjoy loads more content from webinars and case studies to toolkits and more real-life insights from the world of digital marketing. Head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com forward slash ahead of the game to sign up for free. Now back to the podcast. Okay, let's move on. The second big change that you see coming in search is the impact of automation and machine learning. So tell us about that. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember a time when every time Google opened their mouth about five years ago, they talked about how um, it was mobile first, you know, everything was mobile first. And uh, like, I can recall a, a period in Wolfgang where every time we we met with a Googler, like the, the first slide was around, you know, mobile first. Um, and at the time, we were a little bit away from that being the case, and but they were 100% right. You know, they got us there. And I think what they were trying to do is show the industry, like, this is coming and we're trying to get you ready before it's the case. The same thing happened with, with machine learning um, and smart bidding. So for a long time, like Google have been talking about how smart bidding is really good uh, and our machine learning is really on the ball and you'll get better results with it. Um, and we, like, the way we approach things in Wolfgang is like we're very open to doing whatever it takes to get our clients better results and um, but we always like to test it you know we always like to just test that, that 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 we are getting better results and I remember a few years ago we did test smart bidding and it just wasn't there yet um, but over the last two years that's completely changed um, and Google's machine learning and AI is now really efficient at getting really good results um, which means that your reliance on things like manual bidding and and even keyword segmentation becomes less important. So these are kind of large manual tasks that a paid search marketer would have to would have to carry out. Um, but that that is less important now because of things like smart bidding. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? So I mean, I, I've I've heard that from people where they've tried to. Um, basically edit bids and bid amounts and what have you and it's backfired in a minor way or you know it's just it's hampered the delivery of ads uh, in most cases because they try and bring the bid down and um, it's yeah it's, it, I'm getting the impression people just can't beat the algorithm <laughs> yeah that like well I think that's that's the way it's going but but if you think about like what like the advantage that one human paid search marketer has over you know Google's AI with its you know tens of thousands or millions of data signals that it's able to that it's able to process it, it's very difficult to make better decisions than it um which is, yeah, and which is interesting. And you kind of look at what paid search was and, and then where it's going. And paid search used to be about, well, here's the list of keywords that I want to bid on. And, you know, I'm going to work out that I can afford to pay 50 cents, you know, for a click on each of, the, each of these keywords. That's completely changed now. And we're, we're now long, no longer interested in the, you know, the cost per click. And it's more the outcome that we can achieve for that. And even the keywords, I remember a couple of years ago, our paid search team met with a, one of the evangelists in Google um, and he was forecasting that he could see 
you could see an end to keywords within Google search, you know, within Google ads. And that seemed like pie in the sky at the time. We were scratching our heads wondering how could that ever be a reality? And then recently, it was just last year, Google baited something called Performance Max campaigns, where these campaigns are like, literally, what do you want to achieve from your campaign and what's your budget? And then, thanks very much, we'll come back to you. <laughs> and there's like, there's nothing in between, really. You you give them you give them different parts of creative, and then they go and look across the whole Google Ads ecosystem. So they look on Google Search, they look on the, the, the Google Display Network and YouTube and Gmail, you know, they look across the Google ecosystem, and then they... I mean, to be fair, it, their best place to do that, I mean, they've got this vast data set never before never before seen by mankind you know so like i I get it you know but it's just it seems crazy it's 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 because we've been so used to this idea of keywords for nearly 20 years now isn't it yeah yeah exactly yeah so it's like it's a fundamental change in in how things are working it was only when they released performance max campaigns that I was looking back on what that like evangelist told us and it's like oh this is the way it's going to go like you you could imagine a world where it's like put in your url how much you want to pay and how much you need to make and then google kind of work out the rest um like even the the automated creative like they're just asking us to to give them little bits of creative and they're kind of make putting it together dynamically to suit the the platform that that they're on but it does like the big question that it does raise is because performance max campaigns again you know we're we're really interested in using them provided that we can get great results the question it does raise though is for for digital marketers and paid search marketers very like where do you where does that paid search marketer now add value as part of their their activities um so that's something we'll we'll think about quite a lot you know and i think the usual answer you'll get is uh, not more time for strategy um and I, I think, you know, if you think, think of yourself as like a, a young paid search marketer and somebody says to you, okay, well, you've now got more time for a strategy. Go back to your desk. Like, what, what do you do then? <laughs> do you know what I mean? You don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's worth kind of exploring that in a little bit, in a little bit more detail. And there's a couple of things that kind of jump out to me that if I was a paid search marketer, I'd be really excited about, you know, because what automation takes off your to-do list is, the monotony of, say, keyword optimization or the monotony of um, bidding, making manual bidding changes. What it then opens up a world to you of is getting a lot closer to the KPIs and getting to work a lot closer with the clients on KPIs. So I think paid search marketers are going to become almost like mini business consultants for their clients because what they'll need to understand is not, not just what the KPI is, but they'll they'll need to get a lot closer, say, if you're in retail to profit margin data. Yeah. I, and do you know what? Actually, I said I don't know. I do know what I'd do at that time. And it to me, it'd be all about the post-click experience, be all about landing pages, and it'd be all about merchandising, about upselling, cross-selling, because that's where, that's now the lever you can pull, isn't it? That's the lever you can play with to... Uh, bring up the uh, return on ad spend yeah yeah exactly exactly so it does kind of open up like uh, the, like the world of possibilities of, of what you can get involved in do, does open up and that's a good thing because you know I, I again i just think that you know when we teach this stuff it's like right there's three main components going on here there's other things but it's mainly the keywords the ads and the landing page those are the things that are going to define the success of your campaign and actually, a landing page is the most overlooked. That, that land, most people know, yeah, keywords and ads, but a lot of people don't think enough about the landing page 
I, I would hope that there will be more focus on that because um, that's where you can make kind of massive outsized differences, like literally doubling the return on ad spend by making changes to your landing page, you know. 100%, yeah. I, and I, I, I definitely agree with you. Like we do a, a study in Wolfgang, our, our KPI study, where we'll actually analyze conversion rates. But if you look at where conversion rates are, you know, say on retail in particular, like they're still at like 1.5, 2%. Like that doesn't suggest that websites are doing a phenomenal job, does it? If 2% of people that walked into your shop actually bought something, something's kind of going wrong there. So I, I'd completely agree with you that like looking beyond the keywords, looking beyond the ad text, that, that's that's definitely a place um, that, that paid search marketers can start to add some more value as well. But really understanding those KPIs and understanding the nuances of, of businesses, I think, Lots of businesses will have periods where they're trying to drive top line revenue or then there'll be a margin challenge and they're they're trying to drive bottom line. I think the paid search marketer or paid search can play a really key role there um, in being able to pivot between both of those outcomes. Yeah. A couple of questions, actually, just to pick up on stuff you talked about. You said that Performance Max were beta tested last year. Is is that live now or is it expected soon or yeah everyone has access to that now yeah yeah so we're like we're currently testing it with a number of clients oh that's cool well definitely something to go and play with um just a question we're talking about all the components the main components of search campaigns but is there a place in all this for any of the audience targeting so you target like in-market audiences and demographics that sort of thing. I mean, will that be then taken off our hands or is there still some choices to be made there? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Like there's a, there's a couple of differentiators and um, that can kind of set you apart from your competition. Like one is like cri- cri- being crystal clear on, on the on the KPI and what you can achieve and how much um, you can afford to pay and what outcome you need. The second one then is having your own first party data or first party information or your own CRM to overlay on top of your activities and, and build audiences that way. And I do think that's kind of crucially important. I'm probably going to become more important. Um, I saw a slide from Google recently where they're, they're literally advising people to do that. They're like, you know, machine learning plus first party data um, plus goal value. I think that was the equation they had. Um, so that's that's the way, yeah, that's the way they see it evolving as well. Mm, that's interesting. Very interesting. That's, yeah, that's a lot to think about. And it's di- for anyone who's sort of stuck in the way of doing PPC of, you know, y- yesteryear, that's, this is quite, it's quite a new way of thinking about it all. Very interesting. Um, I suppose the, the action on the back of this one is, to go and try it, right? To go and try a performance max campaign. Yeah, I like I'd a hundred percent get like oh, we'd always um advise people to try all the beta features, like try try the new campaigns, test them against your current campaign. So performance max, absolutely. Um go and do that. And then start to like it's for paid search marketers, it's important to understand like they haven't got any less busy. <laughs> There's still so many decisions a paid search marketer has to make over the course of a day or a week or a month. But it's just making sure that you're you know, you're you're working as closely as you can with the client and aligning your decisions to the to the business outcome that that, that they need. I mean, I, I, on the back of that as well, you say talk about paid search marketers being busy. I, I mean, paid search seems to be booming. Yeah, you know, as an industry, because people are realizing that other channels maybe don't have that. Like with search, people are literally typing in what they want. You know, it's so different than other ad, ad channels. And I think brands, companies really got got that message and they're coming to people like you in their droves at the moment. It seems to be um, 
a hot space to to get into for sure. Yeah, it's like it's it's funny the way it's gone. Like the like last time I had a look at the numbers, it looked like paid search was the biggest marketing channel on the planet. Um, like unbelie- unbelievably important to to an awful lot of businesses. Um, but like it hasn't gotten there by accident. So there's kind of two parts that has gotten it there. Like for the first is how effective it is. You now it's effective and measurable. So it's really easy to measure an outcome. And it's um, if you've got a, a good paid search team or good paid search marketers working on the accounts, it can be phenomenally profitable for you. But the second part that's kind of driving the, the growth and how people are, how many people need to get involved in paid search is the fact that it's kind of just a ubiquitous activity, isn't it? It's like Google created this thing that, you know, everyone now goes and does and um, before they, they do or buy anything. And um, so you have an opportunity as a brand to, to be visible and, and to compete for, for their attention when they actually carry out those searches. So the fact that user behavior has just moved it to this thing we all do before we and um, we make a purchase uh, and the fact that it is really effective, I think that's, it's hard to see it going anywhere. You know, it's hard to see that, that changing. Yeah, d- definitely. It seems like if you're going to specialize a good, uh, good specialism to, go into uh if any of our listeners are wondering uh which you know specialism in digital marketing to kind of gravitate towards i'd say that's one of the would be one of the better ones for sure um okay your third big change i don't love the sound of this brendan i've got to say the cpc cost going up talk to me break the bad news to us this is something um this is something that we noticed last year actually you know it, 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 it wasn't just Google, it was like in social media as well, but definitely in, in Google, we noticed it, an increase in cost per click. Um, like some of this is is definitely driven by the fact that over the last couple of years, uh, everyone's tried to invest in digital. So there's, there's more competition there. Um, but the, the impact of more competition means that click costs are going to be higher. Like don't forget how paid search operates. It operates as an auction, right? So um, everyone effectively bids in some form of another, whatever bidding strategy you're using, some form of another, you're telling Google that you're willing to pay a certain amount for, for a click or a certain amount for an outcome in the, in the case of smart bidding. Um, so that's gotten more more expensive. Um, and it doesn't look like that's going to change. Like you have to remember, like Google have a duty to their shareholders and they do a phenomenal job at sh- demonstrating to their shareholders that they're, they're adding value quarter on quarter, year on year. Um, so it's hard to imagine a scenario where they report a decline in cost per clicks. Um, but as we kind of mentioned earlier, like cost per clicks are, are really only relevant based on the outcome, right? So if you've got a, a high value product and your website's really efficient at converting traffic, the cost per click, as long as you can make money on it, cost per click doesn't matter. So I think the key for brands is going to be understanding what their tolerable limits are around cost per click um, and some brands will get to that answer a little bit quicker than others what i mean by that is some brands will understand that the value of that click maybe there's a value beyond the online purchase so let's say you're a multi-channel retailer right and we work with some multi-channel retailers that are quite sophisticated in understanding that for every online purchase we get through paid search we know there's another in-store purchase and that means the fact that they've done the work and understanding that means that they've now just doubled the ROAS that they now get from paid search, right? Which then means that if they're competing against a brand that hasn't made that connection or doesn't understand that, they can bid more aggressively. They can get more aggressive with their budgets because they've done the hard work and understanding the value that paid search is offering beyond the, the online conversion. 
Yes, and and that's happening elsewhere as well. I mean, the you know in social places like Facebook, the cost per click's been going up. Looks like it's going to continue to rise for similar reasons, saturation, um, perhaps some other reasons as well. But um, so, what can we do about that? How do we mitigate against it, or is there any is there any way to do that? Even you know, what 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 should our kind of approach be? Yeah, so that like like understanding that understanding that the value that it, that the, the pay, paid search offers is really important. And that's what I'm talking about. Like beyond that that conversion online, it, like is there an in store purchase? Because again, that might just change the complexion of how you're looking at whether that cost per click is too high or not. But there's other things that you can do as well. Like it, it, Wolfgang will often talk about winning the search before it happens, right? Um, and you kind of alluded to it earlier. You were talking about, you know, that commercial intent search. It's going to have a high value CPC. Um, and it's an important point because those commercial intent searches will have a high value CPC. But if you can, if you can somehow almost game the auction so that search is happening in your favor, um, that will help reduce your CPC. So let me give you an example, right? So let's say you're selling white, white goods, right? And you might be stocking a, a brand of washing machine. Let's say it's a Zanussi washing machine. Um, and let's say you're Will's uh, white goods, right? Um, so there's going to be lots of white good companies bidding on Zanussi washing machine. But let's say you've got, you've done a great job of producing lots of YouTube content and you're helping people understand that thing we talked about earlier around their research process and you've shown them some great content. And now they're searching for Will's White Goods Zanussi washing machine. So what you've done is instead of them searching for that, just that commercial intent keyword, you've kind of gamed the auction. Now they're searching for your brand plus that product. And then you're going to get a cheaper click because of that. Um, so I think a strategy that people are going to start to think about a little bit more is how do we get them searching for our brand plus category or, or our brand plus product um, and what we can do then is we can manage to win that search before it happens that will ultimately reduce our overall cost per click i get that yeah so you're catching them earlier in the funnel influencing the way that they then search when they've got actual purchase intent but that costs money i mean that is um you know, for all the money you're saving on that 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 final search because it's got your brand in it, obviously some of that saving is going towards quite pricey up the funnel activity. But overall, it's still cheaper, like you say, than just going up against everyone else with a straight up product keyword that's going to be much higher cost per click. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And like you are right, there are there is upper funnel activity that that is expensive. But then there's the likes of say YouTube, which is for me, it's still just this sleeping giant where you can get cost per views of like one to two. That's one to two cents, like nothing. So you have, can have a small budget and get a phenomenal amount of views on your video for your brand. So I don't think it has to be the case where you spend an awful lot of money on this upper funnel activity you can box clever and you can find those platforms where there's still some cost efficiency there um, and that might not always be the case case with youtube um, but at the moment it's still like every time we do something on youtube i'm still blown away at how cheap it is to get in front of a huge audience yeah i mean it's it's blasted at scale isn't it i suppose that's the that's the thing um same with social video ads you know you re- you can reach a million people for a thousand of your currency, whether it's euros, dollars, pounds, pretty much, you know, and, and like you said, a cent per view, something like that. And uh, we, we never, we're never quite sure who those people are. It's, it's blasted out there. But you're right. I mean, you could reach the population of a country like Ireland for 
what is not a very big budget for for a lot of companies. Um, so that's interesting. But I suppose, I mean, the traditional approach would say that isn't that the job of SEO? Isn't that the job of SEO focused content where you are picking up those informational searches earlier in the funnel and then getting people on your site essentially for free, even though it obviously costs money to create that kind of quality of content that's worthy of the first page. That's it. Like the role that SEO plays or should play is is in trying to identify what that that search journey looks like and then trying to identify like where is it worth our while bidding on these keywords or where should we be optimizing our organic strategy and to be visible for and that's getting a little bit more difficult um obviously um but it also means that like if you're you're kind of limited by kind of that that search volume for those kind of non non commercial um non commercial search terms. Whereas if you're using more of something like like a YouTube, it, it just gives you kind of mass reach and um, for for minimum investment. Um, but obviously, if you are able to invest ongoing in SEO, um, yeah, that's that's a great strategy. I mean, it's not either or, is it really? No, no. I suppose in an ideal world, yes, you're on the front, you're on the first page of Google for all those search terms. Then paid search can help you fill the gaps because, as I'm sure you, you've, you've found with things, sometimes it can take months and years to rank for certain keywords, however good your content is. And so, in the short term, you can fill those gaps with uh, PPC. And like you say, you can also drive really large scale awareness through uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we, we've heard lots about how Google are going to in some way change the way that cookies work in the Google Chrome browser, which is the most popular browser, and third-party cookies are essentially going to uh, go away in some way. So that's going to change the game for a lot of types of advertising. What effect will it have on paid search? Yeah, that's kind of the, the million-dollar question at the moment. Um we, like the way Google have gone is they've they came out with something called Flock, which is the Federated L- Learning of Cohorts. It's a really catchy name, um, which is meant to be an alternative to the third party cookie. They've scrapped that based on feedback, and now they've got this this uh, this other alternative called Topics. But again, it's yet to be seen whether there's still going to be um, an alternative to the third party cookie that we can use. The big impact that it's going to have for paid search is around that audience collecting um, and audience over audience overlays. So there's a part of paid search that won't be impacted at all, where you know people are carrying out a search. We can still show them a paid search ad. We can still bring them to the website. It, the, the big impact will be around how we capture audiences and specifically how we retarget those audiences. Um, so again, the, the 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 visibility that Google have given us on that at the moment is just that they have this this alternative. So we simply don't know at the mo- like from what they've told us. Um, but that's worth keeping an eye on because if you're you're if remarketing or your audience strategy is a big part of your paid search strategy, um, that could be something that that you might need to reconsider um, at the end of 2023 when Google eventually do kill the third party cookie. Okay, well. Thanks. That's uh, incredibly insightful. Thanks a lot, Brandon. I really appreciate your time explaining those things to us. And I know our listeners will too. Just one more question for you. Where can people find and connect with you online? Yep. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Brendan Almack on LinkedIn. And uh, if you go to wolfgangdigital.com, you'll be able to sign up for our newsletter and you'll hear more of my um, thoughts and ramblings. We will do just that. And thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for your time. Cheers, Brendan. See you.
Thanks a million, Will. Take care. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening.